Hey, everybody. Brian McCumber here from Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have an awesome guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Joe Staber returning as a special guest on the show. And for those of you in dropshipping, you should know who he is. And if you don't, you're missing out big time and you could be leaving 60% on the table if you're not following Joe's techniques in marketing and e-commerce dropshipping. Joe continues to raise a bar and he's been keeping it real. This brother's been keeping it real the whole time. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Over the past year before my eyes, Joe has continued to crush it and his consulting agency is helping many businesses and entrepreneurs achieve greater results and success. Joe was also a virtual keynote speaker at our Dropship Chicago Million Dollar E-Commerce Mastermind event back in October. And he's also been a keynote speaker at other major events like NetCon, Disrupt, Digital Growth Summit, and many others. His success story has also been featured in major networks and publications. Time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time. And I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Joe, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? It's so funny, man. It's, it's funny hearing that the second time around, but you put your own little spin on it. That's cool, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And to everybody on the live, I can't see you, but uh, thanks for tuning in as well. Awesome stuff, brother. Yeah, yeah. Really great stuff for sure, man. And I would say, you know, for the audience, you know, they should know who you are, but if they don't, maybe, you know, start off with like a quick introduction uh, to let the audience know who you are. Yeah, I'm big on value, so I'll kind of speed through it. But uh, I got started in e-commerce about three and a half years ago while I was in college. Uh, my mom was kind of in a rough financial position. I wanted to be in a position where I could be, you know, work from home, play ice hockey, don't have to worry about a nine-to-five job, and also still support my family. Um, I had a couple thousand dollars in the bank account because I used to flip stuff on Craigslist and eBay and just kind of do retail arbitrage. Invested all that money into e-commerce, lost it all, tried to do it myself, had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I just kept putting more money into it and I was relentless and I eventually started to pick up on a strategy from some friends and some family that was helping out that were you know, in the e-commerce space. Uh, and long story short, I kind of picked up some strategies and you know, fast forward three years, I built two six-figure companies and I used to have an e-commerce course that we taught other people how to do that. I kind of wanted to move away from that space and uh, I got more into the space of providing results myself, running ads myself. Uh, I started off with running ads for my local family's business, realized that what I was doing with e-commerce could be transitioned over to a marketing agency. And that kind of sparked the idea of maybe I can run ads for other companies, other personal brands and and see where that goes. Uh, I went that direction and then I kind of figured out that what I knew best could be applied in other areas, but that what I do best is helping e-commerce businesses. So now we have an e-commerce marketing agency that handles every aspect of the process from product research, website design, Facebook ads, copywriting, everything from ad creation to really anything that, anything that goes into e-commerce we take, we take on. Um, and that's pretty much where we're at now. But yeah, it's been a cool year. I think my first event that I spoke at was NetCon, which was April 14th of 2019. So it's been just about a year, a little, a little over a year uh, since I started speaking. But yeah, it's been, it's been a cool ride. And I appreciate you giving me the platform. Wow, man, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, when you, when you think back, it's like, man, okay, it's only been a year or a year and a half and, and, and so on. But then um, so much happens, you know, in between. And actually, I like to drop this in, you know, for the podcast and even for the audience is to give that timestamp. So right now, it's April 22nd. And I want to drop these timestamps to give perspective 
as to the point in time in which we're talking, because typically, you know, the, the podcast is recorded and the release schedule, it might be, you know, a couple of weeks out, or it used to be in the past up to like four weeks out. And now, I mean, so much has changed over the past four weeks, let alone, you know, week to right. week now, now with the current times. So in the current times right now, what we're dealing with, there's still everybody staying at home. Hopefully everybody's staying safe. Um, but a lot has changed. You know, we got the uh, financial recession that's just kicking off, you know, things that are still going on. So uh, even to give perspective, I was you wonder if you could maybe speak to that, you know, what, what's been the changes that has happened over the past number of weeks and, and how you've been dealing with it. Yeah, so I mean, in the in the most respectful light, I can I can say is that my life has not changed at all. It's improved, and I I'm grateful for that. I'm blessed for that. But I've spent the last three years of my life working from home. Right? I've I've embodied that. That's my that's my biggest value is to be able to have financial freedom. I don't really care about the financial aspect. I care more about being able to do what I want when I want to do it. And obviously, financials is an aspect of that. So when yeah. your values are be able to stay at home and work. And then the world shuts down and you have to stay at home at work. It's no different for me. I'm already working from home. And on top of that, because everybody is stuck at home, somebody with an e-commerce business, somebody that manages ad campaigns for some of the biggest e-com brands out there, we're seeing some of the best returns we've ever gotten. We're seeing Q4 level returns on our, on our ad spend because everybody's stuck at home and buying. And the majority of goods can only be purchased from normal convenience stores, such as your Walmarts and your Targets and your things like that. You're not able to go to beauty salons or high-end uh, boutiques and get products that you normally would get, you know, being able to shop out in the public. So we're taking advantage of that and we're capitalizing on the buyer's need to want product, but selling product that cannot be found in the stores that are already available right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good point to, to bring up for sure. And yeah, and that's understandable. You know, people that have been in the industry supposedly like live in the laptop lifestyle, right? Like, I mean, you could do business from anywhere and you, and you're, you can run your business out of your home and remotely. So that's totally understandable that that not much has changed. And I'm glad that you touched on the point of, you know, Q4 level returns. Because actually, when, when you came to, to speak in October, you know, it was October 1st in Chicago mm-hmm. at that event. And the theme of that event was, okay, what to do now? This is day one of Q4. Right, right. Right. We talked about that and it was like, you know, okay, what to do in Q4. And, you know, just like you touched on, I think it's important for the audience to realize is that e-commerce, online shopping and the business has grown at that level with the recent changes. So there's mass number of people that are now, you know, they're kind of forced to buy online. I mean, now they don't want to physically go to the stores and they would rather buy online. And there's changes and new buying habits and things like that where it's growing. And the ones that are in position to take advantage of that, to be able to serve people that would rather purchase that way are the people that have their online businesses in order and putting things in in that proper way. I mean, I, I just remember... You know, even before last year, Christmas time, you know, I bring up that, you know, Toys R Us, the physical brick and mortar stores were closing, right? And it was before Christmas. And for me, it was kind of like a shock. I was just like, man, I used to always go buy my kids some toys for Christmas and uh, to see that it was closed. But this was before this whole, you know, global event that that's taking place right now. 
it was already showing that buying habits were already shifting. Right. People were, were buying online and that was happening last year. And then now you got mass number of people that requested to stay at home. You know, schools are closing, they're e-learning now. And now mass number of people are realizing I can learn from home. And then mass number of people are realizing, hey, I can now work from home. And then right. unfortunately, if the ones that can't work from home, they're, you know, if they already, if they hated their job, you know, they really hate their job if they have to physically go out there because they would rather work from home as well. It, it actually leads me to like, you know, this really important question, because I think now there's a lot of people, if they're listening to the podcast or on the live stream, they're looking for, you know, opportunities now. You know, now more people are looking, you know, okay, how can I build that side hustle or how can I make a new stream of income? And uh, so I have this question that I wanted to ask you that I think is it can help out a lot of people. So it's imagine you had a couple thousand dollars to your name. And in these current times, if you had to start all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you do over the next 30 days to start a business that would actually make you money and why? So I, I have the skills that I, I've accumulated or I don't have the yeah. skills? Yeah, you have, have the, the skills. skills knowing what you know now. Okay, one of two things. Well, obviously, if I have a couple thousand, I know that I can test anywhere. It depends on how many thousands, but if I have a couple thousand, I can probably find a winning product to at least get a decent return. Um, so e-commerce is one of the first things that I would turn to. It's a very low startup cost and I know everything from website design to app integrations. I know all the things that I would need to build out because of all the money that I spent on Facebook ads and because of all the stores that I've ran. So that yeah. would be one side of things. Um, but I'm very confident in my sales ability. So if I really needed quick income, I'd probably call the people around me that are selling really highly reputable services and businesses that I can back and be a part of. And I know that there are, you know, good quality services and I'd probably become affiliates for them or sell for them or start picking up the phone and calling their leads because sales is one of those things that like I have internally in me and I'm happy to carry that over to whatever field. And I know that it's always been a backbone for me. I know that if e-commerce for some reason never worked out or let's say my business, you know, got corrupted and fell apart one day, if that ever happen for that rare chance, I can always fall back on my sales ability and I can carry that to any company that I work with. So that would probably be the backbone if I didn't have e-commerce. Really, really good point for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, actually, thanks for bringing up, you know, affiliate marketing. So it's almost like, I mean, really, I mean, there's many ways to, to make money online and, you know, drop shipping is, is one of them. But, you know, just like you touched on with, with affiliate marketing, you know, looking for things that you can sell, if, if knowing, you know, and if you knew, knowing what you know now, being able to find that, okay, there is already products and services out there that you can sell for a commission. So for the, the audience, and especially if you're newbies, you know, the affiliate marketing is basically, you're like a salesperson that earns a commission. So somebody already has a product, a digital product, or even a service. And because, you know, you're, you're selling, you're generating that lead that converts, then you get a commission. But in the affiliate marketing world, a lot of times the commissions are like 50%, sometimes even greater. And, yeah, I mean, and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go after small services either though. It'd be like, it'd be like the, the bigger companies that are selling five, 10, $20,000 packages. So when you close a deal, it's, you know, it's a decent, it's a decent income. Wow. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great space to get into. I've never done it myself, but I've always known that if I needed to work for somebody else, that would be what I would do. Cause you're still kind of your own boss. You still kind of control your own, 
level of income and, and have some control over the way you work compared to like working a cubicle job. But I, I'd never plan on getting to a point like that. But the point being is that <laughs> if I had to, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And yeah, we're getting feedback that the audio is great. So good. Thank you for yeah. letting us know. Thank you, Jen. And uh, so this is great. And so I would say for the audience, you know, maybe, you know, related to, to core strategies, what are some of the, you know, current marketing methods that, that you're doing now uh, and that you're also, you know, helping with your clients? So I don't remember how in-depth we went into strategy during our last podcast, but definitely a lot has changed over the last year. A year ago, it was more wow products, one product stores, upsells, downsells, cross-sells, average order value, trying to bump that up. Like That still works, but it's just it's so much work for such little results. You get a good product, you scale for a little bit, you might make $3 for every dollar that you spend. You eventually cap off and after 10 grand in profit, you have to start another store. So Mm-hmm. Not that we have anything against that method and we'll use that for somebody that has a smaller budget and doesn't really have a lot of money to, to invest, but we're more into the like sub niche type space. Like we now have a lot of products under one niche that we can constantly market, test, cross sell and upsell and we build much more a long-term brand. So our strategy is, is, I mean, in terms of brand strategy, it's just to have high quality product, low shipping times, and make sure that we're constantly on all platforms, you know, unanimously. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to our Facebook strategy, that's that's pretty similar. We're doing, you know, vi- uh, video targeting, thirty to forty-five second cold targeting, testing only interest, letting Facebook decide most of the metrics. As we start to learn what working, we working, we narrow down. We do DPA retargeting creatives. We do still image retargeting creatives with the logo with the discount code on there. We break it down by the different section they're at, whether they added to cart, you know, initiated checkout, et cetera. We start to purchase, but as we start making good money, we start breaking it down by their individual step. We could spend the entire podcast going into the, the exact <laughs> strategy, but yeah, it's definitely is a, a lot has changed over the last year. And I think it's much more important now to build the, what's the right word? The, not only the authority, but the environment of your brand, it's much more, it's much more important to do that. So we don't really go for the one product stores that are going to cap out after three or four months. We mm-hmm. want to stick with a long-term brand that we can constantly just recycle product throughout the different seasons and, and continue to pull in income. No, oh, that's really good. Yeah. And so a branded niche strategy is, is something that you're building now for the long term. And uh, and I would say for the audience listening, you know, this is probably part of the podcast that you want to re-listen to because what Joe just kind of spit out there real quickly, but it's definitely that that kind of structure that you would be using to to test out and then when you getting into retargeting and stuff. But I would say one of the things that that I catch on for, you know, especially a lot of newbies, you know, they're they're really they're really fearful, you know, taking that first step into advertising and marketing, you know, what, what advice would you give to like the newbie as far as, okay, you know, how to get in or what approach or how to test and not lose their shirt in the process? I'm going to, I'm going to answer that with a kind of like a philosophical answer, not like a direct answer. So fear is a driving factor. Like fear is a human, it's a human trait. It was built into our bodies for one reason to help us grow, move and improve. Because if we didn't have fear, we would never we would never have any motivation. We have a fear of dying. We have a fear of not being good enough. We have a fear. All these different fears lead us to improve ourselves. You didn't come out of the womb knowing what you know today. Every single thing you've ever done in your entire life has been some sort of fear of figuring out how the hell to do that. 
So this is just another step. I mean, you can, you can take the complacency of working a nine to five job, having a guaranteed paycheck, or you can try and fail and then go back to that same job. I mean, my philosophy, my, my approach to it was if I am a 21, I got this from a book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I've been reading it lately. I actually love it. The philosophy that he had was what's the difference between being a, a broke 21 year old that works a nine to five job and a broke 25 year old that works a nine to five job. It's completely no difference at all because mm-hmm. you still can go back to that same complacent job and make your income. So why not take a risk and fail when you're young? I've always had that mindset. That book kind of reiterated that in my mindset. So I wanted to share with you guys, but like I've always told myself, it doesn't matter if I fail because I can always go back to what I have. And even if I do go back, I have a, a skill of sales that even if I'm not working for myself, if I work for somebody else, I can do, I can do good you know, do good work and make good money. So I would just get involved, learn the skill sets. And then even if you fail, those skill sets will carry on with you for, you know, the rest of your life and all the other fields and, and businesses that you work with. And I like that you touched on the, the topic of fear. And I remember uh, catching this from Tony Robbins where, you know, fear is always going to be there. Everybody has fear, but taking action, you know, taking action despite fear, that's the definition of courage. So for the audience listening, you know, you might have some self-doubt, especially if you're new and you're, you're looking to enter into the space. There might be some self-doubt, some fear, but, you know, like what Joe just does talked about, you know, use it as a motivating factor. He says, use it as a driving factor, right? And if, if you change your perception and you begin to, to use it as a source of strength, and then now you're taking action, fear will always be there, but you're taking action despite fear. And that's the definition of well, courage. I would, I would, I would take it a step further, right? I mean, I do agree with that fear is courage, but I, I mean that that taking action all that is is what you said. But I think it goes a step further. It's more or less that fear is not really the driving factor. Fear is the mm-hmm. factor that you're not going to grow if you don't. You know, people always try to hide from fear. They they stay comfortable and they like they like their little bubble. They don't like change. It's because mm-hmm. they don't like fear. You can't grow if you don't experience fear. Now that takes me to my second point. You mentioned action, right? So fear does not motivate act. It does motivate action, but motivation doesn't lead to action. Action leads to motivation. So if you try to always wait till you're motivated to get started, or you wait till you're motivated to try and do something, that's going to fizzle out and you're going to stop wanting to do it. But what I figured out is that if you're not motivated, if you have a problem, if you're not, if you're worried about starting because you're going to run into an issue or that you might lose money, that's a problem. Everything in life is choosing what problems you deal with. So mm-hmm. if you choose to start an e-commerce business, you're choosing to deal with the problems of not having a guaranteed paycheck, not understanding if your product's going to work, needing to figure out what's working. So by choosing the value of wanting to be financially free, you, you endure the problems that are going to come into it. But if you're going to be fearful of those problems and not take action, then don't get involved. You have to choose the problems you want to deal with in life. The second part to that is when you do take action, when you do start, Notice how when you do anything super small, like let's say you don't want to clean your room, but it's a disaster and you're like, you know what, I'm going to at least get this like dog hair off the floor, right? You do that, mm-hmm. what do you do next? So you make your bed and then you're washing your windows and then you're, you're cleaning everything. So one thing can lead to a, mo- a lot more bigger tasks. So don't try to get motivated to start, just start and let the motivation kind of flow into you and you'll kind of continue to keep that ball rolling. Mm, very well said. Yeah, for sure. That's a very great tip. I like that a lot, man. Yeah, this is great stuff for sure. And uh, so I do see some questions coming in and we'll get we'll get cool. to those uh, shortly. One of the things that uh, I was curious about, so 
what what's been you know some of the current ways that that you've been keeping yourself on the edge over this past year I have an entire workout set. So like, we've, been, we've been working out a lot. I live in an apartment complex where they shut down the gym and they wow. shut down almost everything else. So we're trying to do what we can, but I, I've just been so focused on my business, man. I got, got my lights right here. We were doing YouTube videos yesterday. We're recording content. We're working out. We're, we're eating really healthy. We've been cooking all of our meals. So we're just, we're just trying to like be a lot more in the moment and just taking yeah. good care of ourselves and our bodies while also just putting all the time that we can to our business and growing. So I haven't really been putting much thought to it. I just kind of just been happening naturally. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great, man. Yeah. Everybody's got to do what they can for sure. So yeah, I'm looking at the questions coming in and I'm, um, I'm gathering them over here. So let's, let's, let's actually yeah, grab, a, let's grab a couple here. Let's see. We have one that came in from a Facebook user your name didn't show us. I give you a shout out with your name. How has drop shipping business been doing during this whole quarantine situation? I'm not gonna touch up on it too much because we just talked about it, but it's it's doing better than it ever has. It's like it's like Q4 level reactions because everybody's stuck at home, everybody's online, everybody's scrolling social media, and the stimulus check just came in. A lot of people are spending their money like they shouldn't be, and um, yeah. It's just a lot of the stores that need to be open to buy essential goods are not open. You only have the targets and the Walmarts of the world. And if the product that you're looking for can't be sold there, you're buying it online. It's the only other option. Now that is changing. It's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying get involved in drop shipping because companies are already starting to open. Businesses are already starting to open that, that, time is kind of already starting to be over. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you shouldn't start a dropshipping website. I think after this, you're going to see a lot of people shift to buying online just because they don't they realize they don't need to go out and waste time at the store. They've, they've adopted a new habit because of this current situation. And they might just be worried that even after you know, they open businesses back up, you could still get sick. So maybe for a little while, it'll still continue. But yeah, it's, it's doing great right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And here's another question. And uh, yeah, this is a good one, actually. It says, how do you manage your e-com store and your clients at the same time? The beauty of running an e-commerce ad agency is that we have employees and clients that already manage our client stores. And bottom line is, I'm not going to do something for my clients that I wouldn't already do for myself. So I have my team manage a lot of the day-to-day stuff with my business. And I kind of just have daily check-ins with the marketers, the website developers, and just make sure that everything is looking good and there's no things that I need to do myself. Yeah. And then I'm kind of just the, what's the right word? I'm just the, I kind of put the thoughts into action. I kind of tell people what I want to see. And at this point in time, I'm not really doing the website design. I'm not really running the ads. I'm kind of just, I'm giving the strategy and then making mm-hmm. sure that they're doing the work appropriately and following the tactics that I would want to do myself. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And I was thinking about that too. I think it kind of goes hand in hand the same way. I mean, I've, I've been picking up clients in the in the done for you service uh, that I offer related to dropship funnels. But part of the process is me of improving out, you know, these products that are selling and the stores that are selling. And that's part of the stuff that's actually, you know, then kind of given on a silver platter to, to the clients to work with. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand and working with the team on that. Uh, yeah, it had me thinking about that. Here's another one related to, for Joe. So I have a question for Joe. I as well flip stuff on Craigslist, Facebook, OfferUp, et cetera. Since I can't start an e-commerce at the moment due to my situation and age, how can I start scaling up my profit higher to what I normally 
make now flipping and doing this? And how can I continue to do this right now during this quarantine situation since nobody seems to be going out to purchase stuff as anymore and it's my main source of income currently? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'll kind of try to tackle that. And there's like multiple levels to that question. Yeah. So the, the first question that I'll say is that I don't really know exactly how you can scale because I don't really know exactly what you're doing right now. But I would say that one of the, one of the ways that I saved the most time was I would go on every morning between like six and like 10 in the morning Eastern Standard Time, because that's the times I'm in. But I feel like everybody is up kind of doing their postings early in the morning. So I would always try to be one of the first people that DM'd people or messaged people for that matter. And to kind of explain it quickly, what I would do is I would message everyone and anyone in the morning and say, hey, like if it was a Monday morning, I would say, hey, I love your couch. Can I come pick it up Friday? And anybody that said yes, I would take that picture and I would put it on Letgo. I'd put it on all the different apps and I wouldn't actually go pick it up. I'd put it on there and say, hey, I'm selling this. And I would see if I could sell it before Friday. If I could sell it before Friday, I then go pick it up and drop it off. That way I'm not wasting time and I'm only yeah. picking up product that's going to be resold. And I pick it up and deliver on the same day. There's not, not doing two different things. So that was one of the ways that I really optimized my time that you could probably do the same. And then to capitalize right now, that's a great question. I think it's kind of one of those things where it really is in person. You're selling to a person through social media, Facebook marketplace, let go. There has to be some sort of hand in hand exchange. The yeah. best thing that I can say is if you find a buyer, you just, you ask them to Venmo you and then you tell them that you're going to leave the product outside. And that way, you know, there's no interaction with the person. But again, man, I, it's, it's kind of a hard problem to solve with everything going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, very well said. And yeah, I mean, those are those are options that are available for sure. And that that's becoming the new norm, you know, just kind of leaving it at the at the doorstep uh, type of option. And yeah, yeah, those that's great for sure. So yeah, those are really good. And uh, now uh, related to what's the best way for people to follow you? Uh, to follow me? Just at Stiber on Instagram. It's right behind me, but S-T-A-I-B-E-R-R. <laughs> Yeah. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. My, my guy will get a response to you. And hopefully if it's a good fit, you know, you'll be able to speak with me directly. Happy to help out. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, you know, it doesn't really matter what section of e-commerce people are at. You know, we do everything from selecting a product to building out a website to running your ads, to designing your ads, doing your copywriting, your app integrations. I mean, we literally have an entire e-commerce automation package, or we could take your already existing store and just kind of come in and either consult you on what to do or, or take things over. So that's, that's what that's we do. Really if you good. have any questions, yeah, if you have any yeah. questions, just, just shoot me a DM and, and ask, ask, ask away and we'll help you out. And I'd say, let's talk a, a little bit about that. So for you know, who's the, the target and as that's all underneath the consulting umbrella. So who, who's, yeah. uh, who's the, like the typical client that, that you work with? Yeah. So it's, it's usually, you know, it, it depends on where you're at. Most of the companies that we're working with now are already established e-commerce brands or highly wealthy individuals who are looking to kind of build up another income stream and they want mm -hmm. us to build everything out and kind of automate everything from them start to finish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether it's e-commerce brand that is already doing, you know, 10, 10, 10,000 to $100,000 in ad spend a month, or it's your local startup that's just looking to kind of spend 1500 to 2000 and kind of get started. We really take on anybody that's not under the $1,000 a month range. We, we, we kind of coach them through that process, but the ideal client depends on what the service is, right? Because we have, we have the actual paid advertising where we just run your marketing campaigns. And then we have also have the e-com automation, which has been a great 
feature for us in the past mm-hmm. past few months here. So, you know, if somebody wants us to build everything out, it's usually somebody that has between three and ten thousand dollars to kind of throw into a business and kind of have everything automated and not put any work in whatsoever. And then the other ideal client is somebody that already has an ideal e-commerce brand set up. They've been running ads. They're getting somewhat decent results, but they want to scale or you know make sure they're getting a better return or increase their conversion rate or something like that. Those are usually the main clients that we deal with. But you know, yeah. if you're a local startup and you have a couple thousand dollars to throw at it and you want to see what happens, you can send us a DM and we'll see if it's a good fit. Oh, really good. Yeah. And they how do they find out about uh, more about the consulting services? Um, well, you can DM me on Instagram at Stiber, or you can just go to stiberconsulting.com. We have a lot of information on there. We have a couple blog posts you guys can read and you can fill out a form and we'll be in contact with you through there as well. Whatever is easiest for you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be sure to leave links to that in, in the show notes for sure. And it actually has me curious. So related to the, like the automation piece, what are, what are like some examples of, of the stuff that you guys are automating e-commerce automation? So, I mean, it depends on what process you're looking for, but the majority of them are coming in with nothing built. So the first thing that we do is we, we use our team to research product that we think is going to perform exceptionally well. We have about seven different criteria measures that it has to match before we select a product. Once mm-hmm. we select the product, we build out your site, we design your Facebook ad creatives, we do the graphic design work for the banners, the, the infographics, the whole nine yards. We have a really a high authority product page. We have multiple app integrations that are going to help increase the average order value, the lifetime value of the customer, save abandoned cart emails, the whole nine yards. And then we're obviously going to then take everything that we build, the ads that we design, and go ahead and actually run those on Facebook, drive traffic they can generate sales. So, I mean, it's literally the entire step-by-step process start to finish, but that yeah. doesn't mean that if somebody comes in with the website already built out that we won't come in and, and then, you know, take it from there. All that I will say is that if you're going to come to me with a store that's already been built out, be prepared for me to deny running ads for you because if your store doesn't meet certain criteria, I'm not going to feel confident in my ability to produce results. That's why I like designing the sites because I can guarantee yeah. that everything that needs to be there is there rather than yeah. somebody else designing a site and have it being poor quality and then I can't generate the results that I want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, very well said for sure. And and breaking it down. So, I mean, that's awesome, man. I, th- I think you're, you know, you're kind of taking, you know, those strategies that proven strategies that, that work and that has been working for you and just kind of repeating it, you know, for, for clients that are coming in and that's really awesome for sure. So I'd say, you know, for the audience listening, that's, you know, I would say, it's, would you say it's probably the the typical client is maybe if there are some that are already in the space, maybe they're not getting the results, but they would be able to work with you and you'd be able to build out, you know, the strategies like you it's, just It's 50-50. It's, there's people that come to us that are in others, like there's a lot of Amazon FBA guys that are making good money there and they don't want to learn Shopify, but they have the money to play into it. They want another source of income. That's, yeah. a big, that's a big side of things. But then there's also the people that, yeah, like you said, they've, they've tried it, they've tested it, they're not good at it, they don't understand it well enough and they just, they want the income but they, and they have the capital, but they don't want to do the work themselves. And then there's other people that want to learn. They truly do want to understand the strategies and tactics. And we have, we have solutions for them as well. We have consulting services where we can either do it hands-on and while we're doing it, also teach you what we're doing, or we could just teach you what to do and work with you one-on-one. So we have yeah. solutions for really wherever you're at in the process. All I'm going to say is that we're extremely transparent. We tell you exactly how it is. If you pay us to do an Amazon, autom- I mean, uh, sorry, an e-com automation store, what we're going to be doing for you is we're going to tell you upfront, you know, Hey, 
we recommend that we go with a sub niche store so we can test multiple products. Chances yeah. are we're going to have to test anywhere between three and 12 products before you find a winner that we can really scale and turn $1 into $3 repetitively. And as long as the client understands that, comes in with the mindset of not trying to expect immediate results, you know, we set expectations, we do the research, we put in the work. And if you can understand that and you're a good fit for, for that, you're, you're feel, feel free to reach out. But we don't take on clients that expect results right away or, or kind of don't really understand the process. So it would be, it would be fair to say that you, know, you have to kind of understand what e-commerce takes and what goes into it to be able to work with our team because we want to make sure that you understand what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome for sure. And yeah, actually for those that are watching live, I think I had your website up. So on the right-hand side, if you're watching on on YouTube or on Facebook, you can see his consulting page breaks it down for sure. That that's the way that you get in there. Staberconsulting.com. We'll leave links in the in the show notes for sure. But that's awesome. And and that's a great point that that you that you brought up because I've noticed this trend over the last year is that there are quite a few e-commerce people that have been selling on eBay or on Amazon and have been wanting to venture into to doing Shopify drop shipping. And in that form. And vice versa. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are in the Shopify space. They're now going, wait, hold on. What's going on with Amazon? Because yeah. Amazon's now drop shipping as well. It's just about a different type of seller. Platform. Different. So, yeah. 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 It's, everybody's kind of like starting to think, you know, hey, maybe it's not all that much different. Um, yeah. Personally, I've even kind of been considering Amazon automation. I've never done it. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I literally know like the backbone structure of it and that's it. Uh -huh. um, but I mean, it's one of those things where it's like it can't be that much different, right? It's just about, you know, taking your skills and continuing to learn. But it goes back yeah. to what I was saying earlier. A lot of people like being complacent and feeling secure. They don't want to venture out into doing new things. So I was actually just having a talk. I don't know if he's watching. He's probably not. His name's Jose Garcia. He's fantastic at Amazon FBA. He does a lot of credit stuff. Uh, I, I used to manage a Shopify store for him. We did fantastic numbers with the store. And we were kind of just talking. I was like, hey, look, why don't I set you up another Shopify store you help me out with Amazon FBA and we can kind of just both help each other out. And he's like, let's do it. So, yeah. you know, I'm probably going to venture into that as well. It's just one of those things where I think people are getting curious and yeah. for those are the guys that want to come over, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely good to work with somebody that knows exactly what they're doing. Like if I'm going to get into Amazon FBA, I've learned my lesson when I started off with Shopify, I'm going to work with somebody that I know knows what they're doing and learn the strategy from them and, and cut the learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. No, very well said. And, uh, and it's good to keep the options open and, and to learn from it because what I've seen that that's worked is that it's, it's those kind of mashups when you see something that, that works in one platform and the other. And then if you can see, okay, well, what can I, what can I do as a mashup to kind of make, you know, the best of both things into something greater. And, uh, that, that seems to work out pretty well. And this is just awesome. And speaking of, uh, you know, one other person I can name drop related to Amazon and eBay drop shipping is, uh, Paul Lipsky. He, he was a previous guest, but he, I mean, he has a large following on YouTube specific to this space and, uh, he's got an event coming up this Friday towards the end of the week, uh, he asked me to speak at, at his event and oh, cool. uh, it's coming up. But I would say, you know, shout out to Paul. Like he's, he's a good, good guy to connect with in that space of, of Amazon and eBay drop shipping and yeah, automation. The only yeah. point I'll make is that like, you know, it, it all looks and sounds great, right? Even, even drop shipping looks and sounds great. And it, it could be a big risk and end up being, you know, catastrophic for you if you don't 
go in with your eyes wide open and learn what you need to do. Uh-huh. Um, but it's one of those things where like, don't get, don't get shiny object syndrome. Like if you're in Shopify and you're learning <laughs> how the platform works, don't just hop on Amazon cause you see it working. Like I've done, yeah. I've done Shopify for three years. Like my number one focus is my clients scaling my agency and being able to help other e-commerce businesses scale to six and seven figures yeah. and being a long-term marketing agency for that client. And then using those relationships to, propel my own businesses. But, you know, I'll always invest money on the side into, you know, stocks and and into Amazon FBA, my own Shopify stores and and these other platforms that can generate income. But that never takes my focus away from what my main goal is. And that's to scale my agency and help my clients. So all I'll say is go for it, but definitely have one vision in line and stay true to it and don't waver off of it. Otherwise, you're not going to succeed in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. That's so true that, I mean, the, the real key is, is the follow through and, uh, and if you get distracted and keep jumping on because you think the grass is greener into something else, you know, there's, there's, there's learning curves and things and, you know, the dip, you know, the dip by Seth Godin, it exists in, in, in all industries. So you have to learn something to be able to rise to the top in whatever, uh, platform or whatever industry you choose. Really great stuff, man, for sure, man. Well, as we come close to the end here, I want to be respectful of your time. And I wanted to see if there's any other questions here. I'm taking a look right now. And there's a couple repeating questions related to the quarantine. And this one's related to what products are selling. So what are, what, what's the way to find, you know, what products that are currently selling? It looks like what is asking. Um, yeah. So to touch up on my point from earlier, I think that, you know, what I was doing a year ago was the wow products, the products that are going to, you know, kind of catch somebody's eye and, and generate some interest. And I think there's always a market for wow products. I just don't think that there's a long-term business model with them. Mm-hmm. There's so much competition for WoW products and like it's really kind of hard to establish yourself as a brand. I'm not saying you can't, you know, everything is marketing the way you market yourself. If you're good at what you do, you can become dominant. I mean, look at Snow Teeth Whitening. Those teeth whitening kits were around for forever and now they're dominant in the space. They just did it better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter how competitive a product is. You can always do it better. However, I would say that right now, uh, the best products that we're seeing are just are products that people don't want to go out to go get. They don't want to go to the store. They don't want to put themselves at risk. They want things to show up right to their doorstep. So yeah. as I said, it's kind of already fizzling out, but as of right now, if you could, if you could find a way to get basic essentials to people and or something fairly close to basic essentials, you're going to do great because people want to shop. They want to, they want to get that dopamine. They can't go out. The only way to get that dopamine is social media and buying shit. So, um, (laughs) taking advantage of that, taking advantage of that is key. But I think coming out of this quarantine, it's just about, it's selling, it's about building a brand and selling a high quality product. Don't, if you're doing it for the money, you're not going to succeed. Maybe you will in the short term, but like you have to really enjoy what you sell. You have to really understand your market and your target demographic. And if, you're, if you don't, you have to become relentlessly obsessed with learning it because if you don't, you're not going to succeed. So like I said, sub niche stores are great because we're selling so many different SKUs and products that there's usually something for everybody as long as they fit our target demographic of camping, of whatever that, whatever that niche is, right? 
Yeah. So if, if it fits that target demographic, you're okay. And then one of the reasons why I love DPAs, I don't know if anybody really even knows what DPAs are. Some people do. Uh, stands for Dynamic Product Creative. Basically what it does is you upload a collection of all your photos to Facebook and then Facebook automatically determines what product to show your consumer. So for example, Brian, if you went to my website, you searched, you clicked a product, you viewed it, you almost added to cart, but you didn't. Next time, you, next time you go on Facebook, now you're going to see a creative where it shows you the exact same product that you are just viewing. You probably understand that. I know that you do, but everybody else might not. So it's really good. DPAs, yeah. yeah. DPAs are a great way to retarget people when you have a lot of products on your site and you don't know what they're interested in. So I'm kind of rambling on, man, but I mean, products yeah. that we want to get into are products that you can, that are universal, that are going to continue to sell that you can build a brand with. And if you, if you want to go for the wow product, that's great. You can make some money with it. All I'm going to say is that you have to have really strong marketing. You have to really hone in on that and realize mm-hmm. that it's not, it's probably not going to be a very, a, a much long-term brand compared to, you know, like a sub niche type of store. Yeah, no, that, that was actually really good and a really good tip because I mean, that that's a current strategy that most people don't know about and something that's really powerful when, when it's, when it's dynamically picking up on your habits, your search habits, your click habits, and then to have that ad creative. And that's, that's one of the most basic things of Facebook, right? <laughs> that's not even getting into like the detailed hard stuff. That's just like the, the bare surface. But, you know, just that point alone just goes to show, you know, for those of you who don't understand e-commerce or don't really understand all the metrics that go into it, you can get so laser targeted. So as long as you understand your target demographic and you're comfortable putting up the capital to figure out who that target demographic is, you're going to be fine. You just have to make sure that you have a high quality website, you price your product correctly, you have the right integrations and apps on there to make sure that you get the most money out of each consumer. And as long as you set up things correctly and you understand the process to take, it really is just a matter of time of testing products before you find one that you can scale. Powerful. Yeah, really good stuff. And we got another question here from Daniel. What's up, brother? He said, where is the best place to post ads? It depends on what type of ads. We're getting great returns (laughs) with, we're getting great returns. Some of our e-com stores that we're working with, not my stores personally, but our client stores are utilizing TikTok influencers. So they're getting TikTok influencers to post for $100, a free product, et cetera. And sometimes the videos get 500,000 to a million plays. You can get fantastic returns there. Um, but if we're talking about actual like paid advertising, you know, I still put the majority of my money into Facebook and Instagram. I've been dabbling with Snapchat. I don't get the best returns, but I'm also still learning it. So I can't speak to strategy there, but Instagram and Facebook has been what I've used since 2017, it's definitely gotten a little bit more competitive, but at the same time, I've also learned the platform and we've gotten a lot better at what, at targeting and understanding, you know, the buying journey. So you can still make great returns with Facebook. It's just about understanding how to correctly market to your audience and tracking the buying press process that your, that your leads are in so that you can make sure that they can, they convert at the right time and they're not, that you're not paying too much money per conversion. Really good. And I was just picking up on a question from Instagram and it's hard to catch the Instagram ones, but I was scrolling through. So this one's from Gur or Gur. So how would you tell customers about shipping time? Would you make sure they see it before purchasing or hide it in terms? What's the best way to tell customers shipping will take four to six weeks? Due to high demand, this product might take a little bit longer to ship than usual. We we apologize for any inconvenience, blah, blah, blah. Please accept this 5% off discount code. 
You know, it's, it's something as simple as just letting your clients know that, hey, this product is in demand. We don't really have that much of it right now. But to combat that inconvenience, please add this code at checkout to take 5% off or whatever that something like that is. Right now, in this current state, I've changed my copy to say, due to the coronavirus, we are short-staffed and shipping may take longer than usual. Please allow two to three weeks for shipping. So you, there's always ways to combat that. And then the last thing is, guys, I don't, my big e-com stores don't take three weeks to deliver products. Shipping's not a problem. We, out, we outsource inventory. We hold in the U.S. and we send and deliver in less than a week. When you find a winning product, after you get 300, 500 sales, you outsource and you buy inventory and you ship from the U.S. You cut those shipping times in, by, by 66% or whatever it would be, right? So yeah. that's what I would recommend doing as well. Yeah. No, very well said. And and there's not an, enough time to get into that. But I mean, hopefully the audience can picture the process, which is like, you know, in the drop shipping space, you're testing to find those winners. And once you've found that winner, then it's worth making that investment. Like Joe just said, is that, uh, okay, now start looking into options to, to source it either with a sourcing agent or, you know, mm-hmm. buying the inventory yourself and hand, you know, handling the logistics, but it's worth also the investment. Also something that we help out with. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, good. <laughs> That's good to know as well. So yeah, I mean, I would say uh, Staber Consulting, you know, it's, it's kind of like a one-stop shop, uh, you know, to really accelerate. And he has uh, all different aspects of it from, from the marketing to you know, handling the logistics and automation and stuff like that. So that's really cool stuff, man. And, uh, oh, and, and the yeah, last I mean, part, I, I know you want to wrap it up. I'm sorry, but the last part I wanted to mention that I forgot is customer service is huge too. So when you have long shipping times, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get chargebacks if the product doesn't deliver. But if you have really good customer service that reaches out to customers before they even message you and or respond extremely quickly, you're combating those chargebacks as well. So sorry to kind of cut you off. But I wanted to make oh, sure. Oh, no worries. Yeah, no worries. And one other question i think we answered this one already but andreas is asking what's up man how do you manage your e-com stores and clients at the same time but i think you already answered yeah that. i kind of touched yeah. up on that you can yeah. you can go back and listen to the recording <laughs> awesome stuff bro well hey well this is a lot of great value and i was glad that we were able to catch you know a lot of the audience listening live because you can get some of your direct questions and i i think it's a cool thing because i mean so much is changing week to week that I, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to, to to be able to talk live, and then when the podcast comes out, which you know I'm trying to bump up that schedule, but I think it might be about you know it might be about a couple of weeks out when the episode comes out because it goes through editing and things like that. And then I sent Joe a private preview to make sure that he's cool with the resulting recording and stuff like that, but we'll get that scheduled. So keep listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow Joe. And if you're interested in his services, I think it's really awesome. He's been a brother that's been, you know, really connected in the industry, stay connected and delivering a lot of value to his clients and and even people who follow him. So really awesome stuff. So Joe, I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience and I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I think my my closing remarks are the same exact thing I kind of opened it up with, guys. If you have a fear to get started, if you're if you're waiting to get started, I mean, just be complacent with where you're at in life because you're never going to be happy if you want something else but you don't have the courage to go get go after it and get it. You're never going to grow if you don't if you don't jump into fear and kind of take things head on and, and combat problems. Life is about the problems that you choose, and the problems that you choose come from the values that you have. And if your values are to be financially free, if your values are not to have to work for somebody else, you have to indulge in the problems that are going to come with 
with starting an e-commerce business or whatever other industry that you decide to get into. I'm not here to sell you. I'm not here to close you as a client. I am here to provide value. I obviously would love to work with each and every single one of you. But if I can answer a quick question or concern, please feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to help in whatever way I can. And I appreciate the endless support. Brian, you've been great to me. Your audience has been great to me. I've gotten so much great feedback from the last podcast. I'm looking forward to getting the ones from this podcast. So if we impacted you, if we helped you out in any way, shape or form, shoot me a DM. Let me know how we can help you out and uh, let's get to know each other. But Brian, thank you so much for the platform and the opportunity. And for everybody on the live, thank you for tuning in. Really great, brother. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Tune in every weekday to Ask BMAC on Tech Money Talks Live. It's at 2 p.m. Central every weekday on YouTube or Facebook. Simply go to youtube.com slash techmoneytalks or go to facebook.com slash techmoneytalks. If you want to learn how to make money with no money, then go to dropshipbyphone.com. Go to dropshipbyphone.com. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship funnels done for you service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.